Hello and welcome to the Virtual Cafe. I'm your host, Shagilala Salami. Um, who have I got here? Jonathan. Oh, hi, Jonathan. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? <laughs> good. Okay, what would you like to have? To, uh, what would you like to drink? <laughs> um, how about some orange juice? Orange juice. Okay. Uh, what would you like to have with your orange juice? Um, little eggs and some sausage and hash browns. Ah, see, for a second there, I was gonna, I was gonna think you were quite easy because most of the time I get lots of Americans come on the show and then they always have these fancy things. It was like one said, you know, I wanted she wanted the Reuben sandwich. I'm like, what the heck is a Reuben sandwich? And then someone said she wanted the beer claw. And are you? Well, it's early in the morning here, so it's breakfast time. So. <laughs> ah, right. So you don't, you don't want any of the fancy things that all the other guests seem to come and always want. Okay, no, that's easy enough. The little human, she's having a nap now. Um, it's the it's the new year, so she she's having she's having a nap now. So uh, you'll just have to wait because she knows where everything is, and I just normally take the orders and she gets everything ready. So you know, and she's been having, you know, uh, uh, let me see, what's the right word to say? She's been having a temporary strike. She's like, since she turned two, she says, you know what, I should stop using her for child labor, that she's not going to be doing all the orders anymore, right? So normally I would take the orders and I will say to the older human, go and get them ready. But she's, she's, she's just like, yeah, she's, that's not going to happen. And that's why she's sleeping on duty now. Can you imagine? How do you get good stuff these days? And I'm trying to, you know, start her off early so she knows the importance of hard work, right? That, you know, money doesn't fall down from a tree somewhere, you've got to work for it. But anywho's right, so you'll, you'll have to wait for a bit. Right, I can hear someone else in the background. Who have I got here today? This is Alicia Robinson, better known as A.R. Robinson. Hi, Alicia. Love a mimosa. I hope you guys have some champagne because I need alcohol. It's early in the morning. I need to get going. You know I would go to jail if I let the little human touch alcohol. <laughs> well, you need to be the example and pour it for me, girl. I need some alcohol. <laughs> well, this is the UK. This is a child-friendly cafe. Okay. We are not licensed to have any alcohol. Thank you very much. I don't want to, oh, you guys don't serve alcohol in the cafe? No, we don't. Thank you. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, learned something new today. Well, in America, do you guys sell alcohol in your cafes? It depends on where. I used to live in Nashville, and there was this awesome, awesome coffee shop called Frothy Monkey, and they have a full bar, and you can get mimosas at 7 o'clock in the morning when they open. It was fabulous. Really? <laughs> it was absolutely fabulous. Yes, yes, Frothy Monkey. Interesting. See, no, we don't do stuff like that here. A cafe is a cafe, and cafe is a child-friendly place, and no alcohol whatsoever. Thank you very much. And you see what I say about my lovely Americans? There's always something new I learn every day, right? <laughs> In that case, I'll just take a cup of coffee with some sweet potato pancakes, bacon, and eggs over medium, please. Tell me you have sweet potato pancakes. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> so now, wait, wait, Alicia, right? So I'm all up, right? I love pancakes, right? And you know, I've got mm -hmm. my specialties. Yesterday, I made nectarine pancakes, right? It was oh. absolutely delicious. That okay? sounds good. Yeah, that's good. That actually, <laughs> I'll take the. I'll try those. Something different. Yes, but then I've never heard. 
of sweet potato pancakes. Yeah, sweet potato pancakes, again, Nashville, Tennessee, they, they're just, they're legendary. They're so good. Okay, if you sweet potato pancake, you will not want to go back to regular, like, buttermilk pancakes. Yeah, but if you, taste my, if you taste my nectarine pancakes, you would not even want that. It's like, oh my good lord, seriously, it is very lush, right? Like the little human, she wakes, no, even though I saying she wakes up, in her dream the other day, right, she was sleeping and she was laughing, and then she goes in her sleep, pancakes. Mommy's pancakes. <laughs> I swear to God, right? In her dream, she goes, mommy's pancakes. And I'm like, okay. Oh. I want to try that now. Seriously, yesterday I had pumpkin pancakes. I went to a cafe and had pumpkin pancakes. So now I've never heard of nectarine pancakes. I want to try those. Yes. See, I try to use fresh fruits in my in my pancakes. Um, so whatever I have, I just sort of grate it, and the sugars in the um, in the fruit, you know, it's sort of the the heat just brings it all out, and it just it just gives it that zing 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 zing. It just takes it that whole new level. And because I don't, I'm not a good fan of eating. You see, my voice is coming down a little bit low, so I'm trying not to let people hear what I'm about to say. But I don't really like eating fruits so much, so I try to make myself not feel bad by putting the fruits in the pancake, and it's fresh fruits. Oh. You see. <clears throat> but nobody had that though. Nobody had that. <laughs> well, are you telling everybody in the house they have to eat fruit? <laughs> then you have to pretend like you like it. <laughs> well, there's a two-year-old, so you have to be an you know, embodiment of all things. Uh, what's the word? You've got to be a role model. Yes, you've got to <laughs> right. be able to show her the right ways, you know. And then when she's picking out her sweet uh, sweet corn from her her noodles, and you know she's going yucky. because no, it's yummy. She can't pick up bad habits from somebody. Right. <laughs> well, not me, not you, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> you know, she's she's going yucky. I'm like, no, it's yummy. You see, that's 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 how it is. But yes, we will we will get you nectars. I know you ordered some funky thing, but I've totally forgotten what you did now. So you wanted black coffee, yes? Um. Okay. Do you have like sweetened creamer, like hazelnut or like amaretto? Seriously, I think I need to go to a cafe in America and just learn everything that you guys have. Yes, yes. Seriously, I need to go to a cafe in America right now because you guys are just putting me to shame every single time. Every single time, these Americans are just putting me to shame all the time. Right? Oh, so, this is the variety. <laughs> I will give you, now, I got me a nice mug, tankard. Extra large. This golf. It can. It's got a capacity. I actually measured it. It can take 550 mils of hot chocolate. So I'll get you that, and I'm gonna make nice coffee, black coffee. Do you like black coffee, or do you like it with milk? Yes, milk and sugar, please. How many sugar? Um, is it the raw sugar, or is it like the regular sugar? Is there raw sugar? I don't know granulated sugar. Okay, so I'll just take like two teaspoons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. Right. So we've we've got you sorted now. So uh, this is really how I am. I go to a cafe. <laughs> okay. Right. So nice big tankard, uh, five hundred, almost six hundred mils of coffee with cream yeah. and two sugars. And I've totally forgotten now. He's been so quiet. Jonathan, what was your order again? I know you said something about English oh, breakfast and stuff. What was your drink? Mine's pretty simple. It's just orange juice and um, some hash browns and sausage and eggs. Yeah. That sounds good too, actually. That sounds, that's, good. that's like a very manly breakfast filled with loads of protein. Oh, well, thank mm -hmm. you. 
Yes. Okay. So, right. It's, it's probably going to take a bit of time, right? So, you guys didn't even tell me anything about you. Well, uh, my name is Alicia Robinson. I'm born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. I live in the South now in Dallas, Texas. Um, I wrote a book series called Love, God, and Tattoos. It's a very edgy, um, urban type rated R series about uh, a girl named Alcatraz. She's an orphan and a tattoo artist, but she's trying to um, have a relationship with God in this very dark, um, very dark, depressing, um, neurotic world. Mm -hmm. um, there are eight books in the series, five, five novels, two novellas, and one devotional. This year, I'm going to create like a one-year Bible to kind of go with it with the New Testament and the um, Proverbs, just for new okay. believers to get that. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I do my free time. I love yoga, all about the yoga, and I love traveling. Like, I want to come to London. <laughs> I want to come to London so bad. I've never been to London. I have to get to London. So please. when I get there, I'm calling you. I'm serious. I'm please. very serious about that. No, please, because I actually feel very proud of myself. I'm not proud, but I, I feel good because one of the guests who I've got, um, and they, she loves me very much, or they love me very much. Well, I'm thinking they love me very much because they like coming on the show, right? And they were coming to London last year, right? And then they sent an email to me to go check out that we're in London and we're going to have to come and see you. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be so lovely. You know, like, it was just making me feel all jittery. It's like, oh, someone loves me so much. And they're coming from America. And they were, they're like, yes, we've got to come and meet you. You know, and I was like, oh, bless. So, yes, you know, if you do, please do, you know, give me a big head. I, I think the rate my head is going to get big soon he's not gonna go through my my big my door but yeah okay, right? an email from me too this year because that's on my I want to go to London and Singapore and Costa Rica so London is definitely on the list this year so expect that email I will be coming to London my head is just getting bigger. It's like, you've not even sent me the email yet, but my head is just getting, it's just getting a little bit bigger now, you know? Okay. So what about you, Jonathan? What do you, what are you up to? So um, my name is Jonathan McCormick. Uh, the, the pen name that I use I, uh, is a shortened virgins, version. So uh, J.A. McCormick. Um, I wrote a book um, called The Investment Perspective. And um, it explores the um, the ancient story of the parable of the talents from a somewhat um, new perspective um, that hasn't been explored. It's a um, it's a book that's really for um, it's kind of an everyone book. It's it's not intended just for Christians. Um, uh, many of the the ancient stories, particularly the parables um, of Jesus, are um, are largely um, they've been they've been viewed very narrowly, and um, this one in particular, and um, it, but it has themes and underlying um, underlying uh, I guess I'd say themes or or uh, motives that touch every human being on the planet, and this one in particular, and so um, that's what I. Uh, have done with a lot of my spare time in the last year or so. Um, I've been asked on a couple of shows, um, you know, how long it took to write, and um, it's my first book. Um, so in a way, I could say it took 41 years to write because um, uh, it's taken me this long to decide that I needed to write it, <laughs> um, and it's been the, the, the compilation of a lot of, of a lot of my life. Um, 
and uh, it's led up to it. And, and another way I could say it took a couple months, really. And it's, you know, when I um, when I wrote it, I, I did it with the intention of uh, making it as as concise as possible. So it's a short book, um, but it's kind of packed full of of meaning. Um, as far as me, more than that. Um, I'm I'm kind of another guy like everybody else out there listening. I've I've uh, I don't really do too well working for somebody else. I've I've been self-employed or own businesses for a long time, and um, you know, in, in between different things, taking various odd jobs to get by. Yeah. But um, but uh, in some ways, I think I'm kind of kind of boring, and in other ways, um, people might say I'm. I'm not boring at all, but uh, my life is kind of like everyone else's, full of intrigue and and monotony. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, well, I think right that sometimes. Um, oh, is that an echo? I hear it. I hear it. Oh gosh, I'm not sure why there's an echo. <clears throat> because I haven't changed anything. Right, um, I was saying that I think we are all excited in one way or the other. Uh, we probably just haven't seen something that, what's the word I'm looking for, that spurs on that makes us, you know, it just fills us with like, um, it's almost like having an, something straight into your veins that makes you feel super happy and super content. That just makes you go, wow, you know what? I am alive. I feel ah, you know what? And I will, I tend to be like that most of the time, and I don't even take alcohol at all. It's just because you know I think every day, every day is a is a day to be grateful. Because if we focus, well, for me personally, I think if we focus on the mundane things, the things that are not going well, you know, it can make us almost want to do something morbid, right? Whereas if we focus on the on the really good things, um, you know. It makes you, it makes us feel good. And that's why, you know, sometimes I tend to seem like I'm always on a high, um, even when I've not had any alcohol or anything. Well, hey, what do I know? Right. So it's the new year. We didn't even say any happy new years. Happy new years, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. And thank you for coming onto the show. So tell me, tell me, tell me, right? Um, because I always find that the authors that I have that come to the cafe, they're actually quite knowledgeable. And I learn something new from them every single time apart from having fun with them as well. Um, so how would you use this? I think the new year is a time for new beginnings, time to start afresh, like whatever didn't go wrong, whatever you didn't achieve in 2017, um, it's kind of like, you know what, that's past now. This is a clean slate. This is a new beginning. This is a time to start afresh. So how do you use the new year as a time for new opportunities? How do you use it to your advantage? <clears throat> I'll start. I just came back from Austin yesterday. Actually, I was in Austin for three days and um, I just kind of was going over like what I did 2016 and what I want to do 2017. So for me, I like to kind of fast for like three days, like okay. a, a juice fast. Um, just go to Whole Foods and get like some juices and like do nothing but drink juice and just kind of meditate and, and just kind of go and go inside and pray and ask God, okay, what do I really want to do this year? And then kind of make an action plan. Cause to me, it makes no sense to write down all these goals and then don't have like an action plan because the goals would just be sitting there. Yeah. Or get accomplished. And then I like to tape them up everywhere. So I have it on my computer. I have it on my desk. I have it on the wall in front of me. Um, yeah. That's kind of like what I like to do at the beginning of the year. Yeah. 
But you see now, I'm a, see, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, right? And uh-huh. I'm a firm believer that no matter how much you pray, right, God is not mm-hmm. going to come down from heaven to right. do anything for you. So He's you, not going to write the book. Yes, yes. You know, that's true. So praying is definitely, you know, I think, you know, everyone. There was this Doctor Who episode, because I've been thinking about it really recently, right? And there was this Doctor Who episode, which I found, and I really need to try to remember this episode, right? So anyway, in this episode, you know, there was this thing, was it an, I can't remember, was it a demon? It was something, right, that was eating on people's faith, right? Mm-hmm. And so what Dr. Who was saying is that it doesn't matter if you're not religious, right? Everybody has faith, right? Even if you believe in science, even if you believe, let's say for instance, your faith is that, you know, whatever goes up must come down, or your faith is that, you know, um, let me see, um, for every good action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So there's karma. So whatever it is that you believe, whatever it is that you hold on to to help you move forward, for help you to help you deal with the craziness that is in the world. Because there are a lot of bad things, right? And it's our faith, I think, that helps us to move forward and take the next step forward, irrespective of the bad things that happen in life, right? So, you know, we've got faith that, yes, you know, whatever plan it is that we have, you know, would come to fruition, but we've still got to do something about it. I mean, for instance, that's why you came to my cafe now, because, you know, you want to talk about, you know, your book and what you're doing. But if you stay there and just praying about it, you know, nothing's going to happen. So right. what sort of, so after you've done your praying, what sort of strategies do you have? Well, the prayer is more, um, the prayer is more, asking and lying on what I was called to do. It's not like, Father, help me do this. It's more like, okay, why did you create me? Why am I here? You know, like, what purpose do I serve? And that's more the prayer. And so after that, um, I I wrote down a couple of things, and then I I create, like, an action step. And and one of the action steps was to reach out to the cafe and reach out to other marketers. And another one, I want to turn this book series into a television show. And so it was, it's like learning about production and screenwriting and all that wonderful jazz. There's so much to learn. It's exciting. And, and then, so then an actual step I took was to go to the Texas Film Commissioner. So I went there and, and talked to them and got incentive resources. And, you know, just taking like little baby steps every day toward making Love, God, and Tattoos a TV show. And so, yeah, so, you, so on my wall, I have Love, God, and Tattoos TV show, but then I have like a million things that needs to happen to make the TV show a reality. So now you're holding out to us, UK. You're holding out. You're just giving us snippets, like just a little, here's a little crumble, here's a little crumble. You know, you're not giving Well, I will come back to you because I am going to interrogate you. So normally I always say to people, like, this cafe is not a Larry King style thing. You know, I'm not going, well, you know, tell us about this. You know, it's not a political correspondent, but... As soon as you're holding out on me, it will be a political <laughs> correspondence woman. Okay? okay. <laughs> we will hold you to the side, right? Because it seems like uh, the only gentleman in the midst of two women is a bit on the shy side. So we've got yeah. to bring him out. We've, we've got to rip him out and say, you know, rip out the band-aid. Come on, Jonathan. Tell us. Tell us. Well, what's, what's, what's your strategy for the new year? Well, you know, interestingly, um, this is going to sound maybe a little strange at first, but just consider it for a moment. Um, my my strategy is one, you know, with all whatever you're considering, anybody out there, you know, um, it's a new year and you may set resolutions. You may decide you're going to go to the gym. You may decide that you're going to uh, that you're going to, uh, um, as Alicia said, she's going to be working on um, 
on making her book into a um, to a TV series. Yeah. And that's all awesome. For me, I have plans. You know, it's like I intend to keep, um, you know, appearing on, on uh, radio programs and um, continuing to write my next book and all of those things. Now, consider this. Consider the idea of something that might sound a little bit like an anti-strategy, but, um, but I think might get you further along in the way of, of meaningfulness in life. And you guys mentioned, you were talking a little bit about the idea of faith. Yeah. Um, so consider for a moment, you know, um, a little bit of a change in perspective. For, for most of us, um, yes, we have our goals in life, right? It's like each of us has something we want to do. And yet so many times we do the things that uh, we want to do, but we end up finding out when we get done that it didn't bring the meaning and the, the fullness of, of what we wanted out of it. Um, and there's still something missing that we're looking for. And what I would suggest as people are going into the new year, and this is, has been a lot on my mind lately, is to begin to explore and to trust um, the questions of your own heart as you face the new year. So oftentimes, and, and to trust that which um, will not necessarily, it may not bring you any profit. If you consider all the great people who've ever lived and who've done great things in the world, the Einsteins, the Mother Teresas, um, all of them, you know, it's like when they really began kind of walking out on that faith, walking out on doing something so many times, it was they weren't doing something that they that they could see would bring them some sort of benefit in the end. I I consider like Mother Teresa, right? So here she is in this convent in uh, Calcutta, and when she walked out into the streets, intending to um, to to serve the poorest of the poor, there was nothing. It was very much I can't describe it, but it wasn't really a goal. You know, she didn't say, you know, if I do this. You know, in 10 years or in 20 years or 30 or 40 years, you know, everybody will look, look up to me and say that, you know, I am this wonderful woman who, you know, impacted the world. It was more that there was kind of an inward burning that was particular to her that she couldn't describe yeah. that kind of moved her, you know, a question of her own heart that had to, that could only be answered by leaving the convent and by yeah. going out and serving the poorest of the poor. And so, you know, it's very anti um, what we normally think of in terms of, of the way that we move forward in life. But, you know, for all your goals and whatever you may have, you know, the, the beginnings of faith um, can so often begin by something that is not all, doesn't always look very logical <laughs> and that requires a risk. Yes. So consider those things and maybe put them down on paper, the things that... Uh, the questions of your own heart, the things that maybe you've you've always wondered about or always wanted to do or are always questioned. Or, and, and, and you may have questions that may even go against the grain of your own upbringing. Write them down and, and let those things begin to work upon you. And that's where faith, I think, can really begin to work in your life. Right. No, thanks. You know, saying that, though, it reminds me of um, two episodes ago. Um, I had a guest. His name uh, is was Gleb Su Supersky, something like that. 
Um, if you go on my if you go on my blog now, you will see it. And he came and he talked about how to use science based strategies for wise decision making, right? And what he said on that episode and what you've just said, they seem to overlap, right? Now, I was saying to him at a time, because he's, you know, the things he was saying, you know, about being altruistic, you know, about being given, you know, about finding time. And he was saying that all of those things are all backed up by science. And so those are science-based strategies, you know, that helps you to make, you know, better decisions um and so basically as you were saying what you were just saying just now it reminded me of the conversation that we had when he visited a cafe um two weeks ago um so that's that's actually quite because I, I kept saying to him that you know what everything that he was saying he sounded from a spiritual religious from a faith point of view and he goes no 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 it actually wasn't that it's more you know they're all backed up by science because when you make time for family, when you make time for the things that makes you happy rather than focusing on what you think you're supposed to do, you know, making time for family, making time for friends, being given of more of yourself, you find inner peace, you find inner happiness. And just like you said, Alicia, that you do yoga, you know, you also have time to spend time, you know, to meditate and just get that inner peace. Um, and then you find that once you're relaxed, you're mentally refreshed, you're mentally at peace, then you're able to now make strategies. You're now able to make better decisions. You're now able to make wiser decisions. Whereas if you're constantly stressed, you're not sleeping very well, you know, you're all over the place emotionally, then you're not the best versions of yourself that you could be um, to make the best decisions for yourself moving forward. Now, you know, I mentioned before that I'm a I'm not religious, but I, I'm quite spiritual. And last year, um, this was something that actually helped me because I was I was then speaking to myself and I was well, I was I would say I was speaking to my God and I was like, you know what, right? I work really, really, really hard, right? Like there isn't anybody that I could think of that I would say is a more hardworking person than I am, right? So why am I not where I would like to be or I want to be or I need to be, right? And you know one of those ones where you you know it's almost like a heart-wrenching cry within yourself because all of this conversation was all in my head, right? Nobody knew what was going on. And then mm -hmm. um I didn't got the answer. It's like I was working hard but I was not working smart. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what if you if you take if you take a toothbrush, right, and you try to scrub a floor, right, you're working really hard, but you're not working smartly. Right. Yeah. Right. So you, it's not progress. It's not about working hard alone. You have to, you know, you have to add working smartly into that. If you work right. hard and working yeah. smart, then. So that was what I learned from 27, 2016 when I really had, I was like, you know what? Actually, that was true. I was really, really working hard, but then I wasn't having, a, I, wasn't as, I wasn't working as smartly as I could be. I wasn't applying. I was just doing anything and everything and working really hard. And I was seeing returns, don't get me wrong. You know, if you're taking a toothbrush to clean the floor, yes, you will see wherever the brush touches, you will see clean spots. But you're not making, you know, exponential progress like, you know, like you would want or you, you think you should, you know, for the amount of efforts that you've you've put into it. Um, I, I was just what you're saying is so funny. I was just listening to this podcast called The Creative Pen. It's a really good podcast for anyone who wants to be an author. And Joanna Penn, she's in um, Bath, actually. She's from London, but she lives in Bath. Yeah. And she was 
she was saying that um, it's good to feel, she was kind of using an analogy of rock, like big rocks, medium rocks, and sand. And she yeah. said most of us fill our life with sand and we never get around to doing the big rocks because we don't focus on the, the big rocks are like the major, like whatever it is that you are really trying to do. She goes, yes. try to fill your, your life with the big rocks and, and you know, uh, focus on whatever it is that makes the big rocks happen and make sure you don't spend a lot of time doing sand activities for it. And she was saying like social media is sand, you know, yes, you can connect with your audience on social media, but if you spend too much time doing it, you're not writing the book, you're not editing, you're not marketing, you're not you're not filling your life with the, that's just one example, with the big rock of, say your say your big rock is, I want to publish my first book this year. Yes. Well, if you're always on Facebook, or if you're always watching YouTube videos, you're not writing, and you're not editing, and you're not marketing, and you're not building a website, and all that stuff. So, as you were saying that, you know, so basically what she was trying to say, the same thing you were saying, is try to work smart, and try to, first of all, figure out what it is that you want, and then try to work smart to make that go happen, and not do all this intermediary stuff just to just to be busy and feel like you're accomplishing something when maybe in the end you're you're really not accomplishing as much as you as we thought we would in the beginning. Yes. Exactly. Can, I, can I add something there too? Yeah. yeah. You know, just a, a thought to go with that kind of um, with what I was saying as far as, you know, the ultimate meaning of life and, and gaining that meaning out of it. Um uh you know it's interesting that um if you can also take into into mind the perspective that um, you know while you're while the strategies are happening and, and you may see results or not see results, um, I I think my own I think I could boil my thought down to just you know accepting also um, that even in the times when it appears like you're not making progress, um, that there may be an underlying unseen hand working um, in uh, in those times where it seems like you're you're cleaning the floor with a toothbrush and I'm kind right. of going a different direction I don't mean to to shift it off of that it's like but but you know that acceptance I know for me in the times when I have been frustrated kind of like Segulola you said you know where it's like I was looking up and you know like oh god you know it's like I am working so hard I am working so hard. Why am I not getting along? And it's like, in retrospect now, I can see that there were things happening in my life um, that were bringing me to where uh, the changes that needed to happen in me so that I could find those big rocks, kind of like you were talking about, Alicia. Right. But I can only see it in retrospect, how nice it would be to um, to accept in those times and go, okay, you know, th this must be for a purpose, even though the floor is not clean and I've been working for, you know, hours or, or whatever. But anyway. No, I get, I get what you're going for. Um, I was going to say, it could also be for when you're saying, talking about that, Jonathan, I'm thinking character development. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, like these huge goals, but like you can even look at entertainment and there's so many people who they're talented and they've made it to the top, they're number one, but then they do something stupid and now they're in trouble because they don't have the character. Like they don't have the, the substance within them to, to kind of support where they are. So they're talented, but they don't have like more like the, the inner development where sometimes maybe when you're working with a toothbrush, that takes a lot of character development, like patience and gratitude and, you know, just a whole bunch of different um, 
parts of your of yourself that will grow and mature. So when you do arrive there, you're ready for it. And it's not something that's going to crush you. It's not something that's going to make you go you start doing drugs. And you know what I'm saying? Just start making foolish decisions. And that and that and I'm thinking about where I am right that now, because things that I'm doing too, I'm like, really, like, how long is this going to take? But I, I can see while I'm in it, I'm like, this is really, really stretching my patience because I can be a very impatient person. Like, this is really helping me with patience and it's helping me with perseverance and keep, you know, it's helping me with staying hopeful in the midst of it looking bleak and just certain things that I could see is helping not necessarily toward like the goal, but just within me as a human being. Totally. Yeah, everybody, I think, you know, I think everyone starts off with a toothbrush because it's yeah. only when you start off with something before you know that actually I've got choices, I've got options, I've got, you know, so everyone, everyone starts off with a toothbrush, I think. Only very few unique people in this world, you know, who possibly had someone else who started off with a toothbrush, then given them their wisdom that actually, you know what, you can speed it up. But and then again, it's also down to you as an individual because as you know what it is that you want or how you where you want to go i think it's that's the the thing and you know what is success for you what you know what is your destination where do you see yourself going where do you see yourself being and that would determine you know where you know your starting point is and what the strategies um you know you use to you know want to get there um but again so I totally, you know, get that. And to me, I totally understand that, you know, we're going to have times of little and then we're going to have times of plenty. It's just like um, if you're planting a crop, for instance, right? You don't put a seed in the floor and then it turns up to a plant the next day. You know, even if it's the next instant, right, the next second, it still needs time. Even if it's one minute, it still needs that one minute. You know, you're going to have one minute from between when you put it in the soil to when it actually grows, right? So there's still going to be that time in between when you know it's um you know you've got to have nothing for you to get something but what i was actually referring to when i was saying toothbrush is in the sense of let me see say you have five people in your household right say two adults and three kids right and you're a farmer for instance right so the toothbrush analogy that i was using is kind of like do you plant do you plant, say, one plant for each, you know, and then harvest it, and then see so you only have enough food for one fa per, uh, member of the family? Or do you plant to feed yourselves, not just for one person, but for everybody, but then also have enough stored so that when the next planting season is going, when you have nothing there, you know, available because there's nothing, you're waiting for the plants to grow. Will you then have enough to cover you for those type of little? So that's basically how the whole, you know, having a strategy comes. Whereas if you're just cleaning, you know, with a toothbrush for cleaning sake, you do not have an end point, you do not know where you're going, you do not know what you want to achieve, then that's basically what you're going to have. And the little human is away. And I left him in the bedroom and said, okay, darling, are you going to say hello to everyone? Hello. <laughs> she's not. She's not interested. Okay, one second, darling. Say hello. You're gonna say hello. No, she's not. She's not interested in saying hello. She's like she's walking. She's she's walking up and she's going. Like, hey, she, she should be making my sweet potato pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> 
you hear that, right? They want sweet potato pancakes. Right, okay, well, she's up now, so we'll just let the sleep disappear from her eyes, and then we'll send her to the kitchen. So sweet potato pancakes, hash browns, bacon, and something else. We can't remember what the rest of, but whatever she brings out, we'll just take it. Right? <laughs> but you get what I'm trying to say, though, that, you know, sometimes when people start off, they don't know where they want to go. They don't have an end point. So if you don't know where you're, you want to go, then how do you know how to get there? Right. You know, so for instance, if you've not really decided, you're like, oh, yes, I want to publish a book. But then you've not really decided, do I want to publish an ebook? Do I want to publish a paperback? Do I want to publish a handbag book? Do I want to publish a, you know, a board book? You know, so you need to actually have, you know, that's why I say, you know, you need to work smart. So when you then, I think when I was at university, what did they call this? Um, so you need to have a smart objective, right? And this is all part of how you work smart, uh, you know, how you work smart, because you then have an objective, you then have a defined endpoint. Like someone would say, you know, I want to lose weight. But someone might say, actually, I want to lose 10 kilograms by the end of 2017. You see that this right. quite different. Someone just wants to lose weight as opposed to someone who wants to lose 10 kilograms by the end of, so you're making it specific, you're making it measurable, and you're making sure that it's achievable. If you then say, oh, I want to, or if you say, I want to make $10 billion by the end of 2017, because right, is that realistic? Is that, is that achievable? You know, whereas if, you, if you've got zero for something, you say, okay, but what? by the end of 2017, I want to make, 10,000 pounds. See, now that is more achievable mm -hmm. considering that you're coming from zero. And so that's, I think, and I am not an expert, but I think that's all part of working smart. And I think that's also right. what, you know, Joanna Penn was also trying to say that you should focus on the rocks because if you just do the little things like, yes, I want to do this, but I don't know what it is that I want to do. Right? Whereas if you then say, right, I want to do this by this time, it's specific, it's measurable, it's achievable, it's realistic. Mm -hmm. Right. And these are the objectives that you set it. Right. And then you can then say for me, you know, I can then say, right. OK, well, 2017, it's a new year. It's January. This is a time to say, OK, right. Let's say, for instance, I wanted to lose 10 kilograms. So I'm like, OK, by the end, by December 2017, I want to lose, say, 12 kilograms. So one kilogram every month for the next 12 months. Right. So what mm -hmm. am I going to do? You know, you know, what am I going to do to do that? Right. So I'm going to think, right. OK, where's my cupboard? What junk have I got? Let's get rid of all the junk in my, let's just start off, I'll remove half the junk in my fridge, in my cupboard. I'll just reduce half of it because then you don't want to just start off and give yourself, you know, your body shock, right? Because then right. your body's just going to rebel against you. So you remove half of it, right? And then you say, yeah. you know what? I am going to go for a walk, even if it's for five minutes, whatever I feel comfortable with. Don't give yourself, you know, any say you know and just start off because you're not you're going from zero so whatever you do is a bonus right so you're like okay half the junk in my food cupboard and in my fridge i will get rid of it i will then walk for however minutes i feel comfortable with drink and more water exactly drink more water twice a week mm -hmm. for the walk and to that at the end of month one you then say ah, actually i was able to actually not buy any more junk I was able to drink more fruit. And then you measure yourself and you see, oh, I actually lost two kilograms. See, it's, it's, you do it in little, little chunks till by the time you get to December, you might see that you'd actually lost more than the 12 kilograms, you know, or at least even if you don't lose all of it, you will see that just doing those little changes, you might be closer to your goal. Whereas if you just say, oh, I want to lose weight. And then you look the first month and you only lost half a kilogram. You're just going to be deflated. Right, because you didn't know how much weight you wanted to lose. I mean, technically, you lost weight if you lost a half kilogram. 
So, yeah. you know, since you didn't have a starting point, it's kind of like, well, you achieved your goal. So you're right. You're being very clear and being very defined on what you want is important. Yeah. So, you know, it's about having a strategy and being smart about it. You know, whereas if you if you don't, if you just think I'm just going to work and I'm just going to do that, you don't have. So, for instance, you want to lose weight, but then you're like, yes, I'm going to still I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do I'm going to do two hours every single day and I'm still going to eat all my junk. Well, two hours every single day for someone who has not worked hard, you know, worked at, out, you know, worked out before. That's unachievable. That's unrealistic. You will burn out, you know. Right. That is, what you're saying is so it's funny because th this basically is what I was doing for the past three days. Right. So I essentially want the show to be on HBO, but I have absolutely zero contacts with HBO. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, OK. I'm like, okay, how can I start this now? I'm like, okay, YouTube. Well, I can break it down. Instead of doing like 10 50-minute episodes for HBO, I can do 10 five-minute episodes for YouTube. That I can do and then measure and you know, kind of measure it out that way and upload it to YouTube. And then I have something to show HBO. So you're right. It's it's good to have the big goals. Like if someone wanted to make $10 billion, that's awesome. They can totally do that. But then what are, what are we going to do, the little baby steps every day to walk towards that, that $10 billion or that HBO TV show or whatever it is that we're trying to do? Exactly. You know, it's kind of like when someone says, I want to make, you know, a million dollars, right? When you break it down into little steps, because that's what I say to people, right? You need to have a destination because if you don't know where you're going or if you don't know where you're coming from, you're just going to be walking about aimlessly. Right. So if you know where you are now, so for instance, with you, you've got a book, right? And it's a series, right? And you know where your destination is, which is HBO, right? So now mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You know, for you to get it, if you wanted to go, let's say I, I wanted to say you wanted to come to London, right? You need you know that you need to go and have your passport, then you need to have your visa, then you need to get a cab, you know, you need to book your train uh, your flight to London, then you've got mm -hmm. to take um, a cab to the airport, then you've got to check in. Then once you get there, then you need to then make sure you've <clears throat> you've booked a hotel for London in in London. Then you've got to then book a cab to take you from the hotel uh, from the airport to the hotel. And then whatever it is that you want to do, you need to make sure that you've got a plan. At least if not anything, you've got a map of London Underground to take you about using public transport because we like our public transport here very much. You know, not everybody drives like you guys do over there. So at least you've got a map of London Underground so you know what to use, how to use the, the underground system and the public transport system here. Well, you see, so that's basically having a strategy and that's how you plan smart. But if you just say, oh, I just want to go to London and you've not right. made arrangements for your hotel, you've not made arrangements for a taxi company. I mean, you don't even need that, but you need to you go to the hotel. Yeah, when you arrive, you can pick you know a cab there, but then that tends to be more expensive. I mean, if you've got loads of money, then you know that's fine. But then if you've not, if you book a cab, you know, beforehand and you find that it tends to be slightly cheaper than when you just pick a cab on the day. And also for me, I find that it's safer to book a cab that is a registered company because then, you know, just from a security point of view. Um, so that's you know how so you know with you you know, you want to, so someone, um, I think I, when I first started, when I was clueless about what I was doing, you know, someone said to me, right, okay, well, they're a network and they would like me to come on, but then this is the number I need to have, I think it said I needed to have about 30,000 downloads um, for me to come on their network, right? And I was like, oh, wow, okay, well, that's good to know. Um, but again, I'm not interested because I think my show is quite nice the way it is. I'm not going to put it in anyone's network. But it's just sort of nice to know that, okay, fine. If you want to go on HBO, you need to show them that, okay, well, there is demand for your show, right? right. And just like you right. said, 
you, when you put it on YouTube, how do people engage with it? How do people talk about it? And it's kind of like how the whole self-publishing um, world took a life of its own, right? right? So people weren't, you know, the publishers, you know, they were being really, really, for lack of a better word to say, and then people say, you know what, I'll go, you know, and then, so when those people then show that actually, you know what, people actually do like my book, people, you know, then the publishers, the, their ears perk up and not, oh, actually, who's this person, right? Let's go and see how we can get them on our books, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're then able to come up with a strategy that even if you're with HBO, you, you can't leave them because, again, the success of the book is all down to you, right? And if it does, if you leave everything to them and it doesn't work, right, they're just going to kick you to the curb. You know, nobody has loyalty these days, right? So you've still got to do the work, you know, to get it to be where you want to be. And you've got to still have a strategy. You've got to have a vision as the creator of where or how you want the book to do or, the you know, the TV show to do. And that's the whole planning, you know, stage of it. So, yes, you know, this is the time where if you're just scrubbing the ground, but then you don't know. So for instance, like, you know, Jonathan said that sometimes, you know, it seems like nothing is happening because something bigger is about to happen. But actually, if you wanted to scrub a floor, right, but then you don't know what area you wanted to cover, for instance, right, then you're just scrubbing. You don't know if you're almost finishing or if you're, say, for instance, if you wanted to scrub, say, something the size of a football field, like seriously, I don't think how much patience you would need to use a toothbrush to scrub the size of a football field. Like that kind of patience, I'm not going to even cause, but I don't think a lot of people would have that kind of patience to use a, you know, a, a toothbrush to scrub a football field, right? So you then have to be able to analyze it to say, well, I've got a goal. This is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to do. This is where I need to get to. And what would be the best way to get me to my destination in a timely manner? So even if you... Can I interject something there? Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I'll let you finish. Go ahead, Sagan. No, 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 go and finish. Okay. You know, um, and to interject, you know, with what you're talking about, it's, you know, it, it is really important, um, you know, it's like as you're considering what, you know, we're all after really is, is what we really want. We, we often get so often distracted on what we think we want, but little children know what they want, and we've kind of forgotten. So, you know, what I would, what I would recommend all along with what you're saying, all that planning is so important. All of those things are so important. Um, and yet throwing in there, you know, being open to now and then walk around aimlessly. And that in many instances, you know, in those moments where you allow yourself to, um, to just, just be an experience, um, so often I have found that it's in those moments that feed um, the planning that help me to see a broader perspective uh, of what I really want in life. And so it's, I'm not actually going against what you're saying. You're, you're totally right. It's like it takes that planning. It takes looking at it. But I, I'd, I'd recommend, you know, I'd say too to, to anybody listening that it, it does also require, if we believe that it's only my brain, that's going to figure this out. We'll discover in, in short order that, that, that it requires something more and it requires that moment of openness, of kind of aimless, um, of stopping, allowing yourself to be open to the fact that, you know, that all of my planning needs life to be 
breathed into it and that that life comes in, you know, that moment when you look in your child's eyes, when you, you take that walk, when you, um, you know, so I'm just, I guess I'm, I'm broadening that a little bit too, that, that it's that, uh, that, that anti, um, uh, what was the word we were using? Um, uh, well, I threw away the sticky note that it was on. <laughs> oh, the anti-strategy. All right. You know, no, the two I, have to go, two have to go hand in hand. Or else, or else yeah. you know, you talk about the publishing world. It's like so. the reason so many you know, books have not done well is because so often authors don't have anything to say. And it's because they, they thought too much and they've not lived enough. And so it both have to go hand in hand. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. To piggyback on what you're saying, Jonathan, that's why I think it's really good to start in prayer or meditation or what, however, taking a walk or whatever it is you do to kind of declutter your brain and not think about the strategy. Um, I think it's really good to connect with your, um, so you're not a religious person, um, your spiritual person connects with, you know, for me, it's Jesus, but for others, it could be Buddha or it could, you know, whoever it is um, and kind of get that guidance. Like, why did you create me? Why did you design me? I am here for a purpose. There is a reason that I'm here. So what is that reason? And then allow your, um, allow God to reveal to you what that reason is. And then, you know, from there, I think that's when, that's where the life comes in because the creator of life is giving you the reason for your living, right? So if the creator of life is telling you why you're here, there is nothing to walk aimlessly about, honestly, because you already, you know, you, you know, there, there's nothing else, unless you want to get a human opinion, <laughs> there's nothing else to really act, you know, walk aimlessly about. So once you know what God tells you why you're here, you know, start taking those small baby steps and, um, and towards whatever it is that it is. And you're right, we should definitely not be rigid and we should experience life and we should travel and whatever it is that people like to do to enjoy life. But at the same time, I think if we, if we walk too aimlessly, we'll be 50 and we'll look up and it's like, okay, I haven't even like, like half of my life is, is kind of gone. And I thought I was going to be here and I'm not, I'm here. And you can be content in that. But I think that's where the whole midlife crisis comes in. <laughs> People are just like, I thought I was going to be doing this by now. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it definitely be a, a strategic um, planning about about life at the same time enjoying it at the same time exactly yes. um, and the only sort of people that I think who can wander aimlessly so for so long are people who've got loads of money because bills need to be paid right. Right? I don't know about you but bills need to be paid okay yeah. so I can't afford to just you know so whilst I'm enjoying life and you know cuddling and spending time with my little girl I've also at the back of my mind be strategic like okay so for instance if someone said they wanted to earn you know, a million dollars, right? When you think of a million dollars, that's quite a lot, right? But if you break it down to say, wait, so let me see, I have to bring my fingers and think, okay, what's the six zeros and one and one figure one, right? So basically I could do 1000 things that would fetch me a thousand dollars and that's still a million dollars or I can do 10,000 things at a hundred dollars and that's still a million dollars. Or I could do a hundred thousand things at ten dollars, and that would give me a million dollars, right? So it's all right. about you know sort of being strategic. Like whatever, wherever your destination is, wherever that you want to go, right? And I would like to think, say for instance, most people would like financial freedom, right? So when you want to go for financial freedom, whatever it is, right? 
then you need to think, how am I going to break that down and how am I going to be strategic? That's that's just what I think anyway. But again, I'm not I I'm not the I don't I don't know it's I don't know it's um all. So Jonathan, for you, right? What is the strategy? I know you like to live, which is good, but then what strategies will you apply for you know for 2017? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I find myself on the other end of uh, um, of what we've talked about here. Um, I've been through the midlife crisis <laughs> and uh, come to the other side of it. And, you know, for me, all that I planned for my life, um, I've, I've worked really hard at it and uh, succeeded and I failed. Um, in some ways, I could say I've succeeded more than I've failed. In some ways, I could say I've failed more than I've succeeded. And I've discovered that um, for me, just for me personally, um, that I um, I finally come to a resting place and it was not what I expected and it wasn't what I planned for and it wasn't what I schemed for and it wasn't what I, uh, what I um, intended for my life. Um, but it's now bearing much, much fruit. Um, and, uh, you know, one way or the other, I, I, you say, well, what's my plan for the new year? You know, for me, um, writing is something I do for sure. Um, but it's kind of strange because, you know, I haven't made a lot of money yet from it. And, and um, I don't know whether I will or I won't, but I know without a doubt it was what I was called to do in life. And God may, re may reward me. He may reward me. I mean, I, I've done business. He may give me a great big contract, you know, um, that'll that'll make me a millionaire. I don't know, or he may he may cause this book to do really well, and I'll make money from that. But I know that from this point forward, my life's work, and what I'm intended to do, is to share a perspective that that a lot of people don't see. And um, so for me, through the new year and through 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, till I I lie in the grave, um, I, I'm going to spend doing what I, I was made to do, which was not what I thought I was made to do. <laughs> it wasn't what I planned on doing. But I'm going to keep sharing that perspective. And, you know, a lot, too, it, it, the strange thing is, is that it's like, you know, you could say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's what you do. And the funny thing is, is it's like, it's something that I don't just do it because, um, because of, you know, maybe a reward it'll bring me or whatever else. I actually do it to survive. <laughs> That may sound strange, but it's like, you know, if I, if I couldn't write, um, it, I would lose my therapist. Uh, my therapist is a notebook and, uh, I would lose my, um, uh, my connection with my deity. It's where I pray. It's where I, um, do everything and, and wonder of all wonders, it turned into a book. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe there will be no more book. Maybe it'll all between be between me and God from now on. But you know, I'm kind of I've I finally I'm finally content that I'm at peace with just being what I am. And you know, um, whatever money or or praise or whatever else it brings me, um, I just want to do that and to do it well, and to be able to at the end of it all say that you know I've been faithful as best I could to what God made in me. That's my desire for the new year, to be faithful to what, what God has made of me. So mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, that's, that's good. You know, again, everybody has, you know, um, different, different desires, desires and different, different endpoints. Point, you know, and yeah. 
Mostly some people will tell you that just publishing their book is good enough for them. So no, that's perfect. I think the main thing is you know and acknowledging what your end point is and you know being happy and content with that. So well done, because you find that a lot of people don't even know where they want to be. Um, so the fact that you know you're at that point where you're happy and you're content with, you know the amount of work that you've put into it, you know, that's that's great. You know, unlike our little sister, you know, nodding my head towards her, she would like to have a HBO book, uh, film series. So let's let's see what strategy she's had. She's shared, she's finally shared, because at the beginning she was being, being very close-lipped. So now she's shared what she's going to do on YouTube. Okay, Smithy, tell us now. So um, are you going to do one, one, one um, series from each book? How are you going to do it? Um, I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to do it. Um, I'm in a lot of. So okay, I'm in a lot of prayer about this because I don't know if it's going to be like ten episodes per book or if it's just if I'm going to take the whole series and just kind of create a show about the series, not necessarily going in any particular order. I don't want to deviate too far from the story. Um, yeah. So as of right now, um, I would love to work with a screenwriter. I'm, I'm kind of working on a screenplay now, but I would love to work with somebody because I just think uh, creativity just breathes. I've, I've written a couple of screenplays with um, my ex-roommate, and it was just awesome. We'd be like the 4 o'clock in the morning writing. It was so cool. So I'd love yeah. to um, find a, a screenwriter to kind of um, help me bring it along. But yes, I would love to have like five seasons, maybe 10 to 13 episodes per season, eventually on HBO. Um, but how to start with YouTube, it would probably be more like five minutes, like three to five minutes um, at, per episode and maybe like 10 episodes. Lisa, um, I don't know if you've heard of her, but Issa Ray just did this. I think it's called an awkward, an awkward black girl. She, she had 21 YouTube videos and now that show is on HBO. It's called Insecure. So this literally just happened. It's funny because I was, I was wanting to do it and then I saw it happen with someone else. I'm like, yes! That's so awesome. Yeah, HBO is watching. HBO is definitely watching YouTube. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of the goal is just to, is to break down the series. I think I think for the beginning, I'm just going to focus on book one because I don't want to give away too much of what's happening yeah. in, in two through eight uh, or two through seven. So yeah, it's I'm still working that out, and that's it's really exciting because it's just a lot of character planning and development and creativity and also like purpose, like Alcatraz's life. Um, you know, she, she came from a really great family. They ended up dying in a car crash. So she's kind of an orphan, you know, just by chance, by happenstance. And she's in Los Angeles. So she's kind of trying to find her way around, you know, LA. <clears throat> All these interesting people like Kuriko, who has been in sex trafficking since she was four years old in Japan. And she meets Ebony, who was from Tennessee and who was raised in the church and left the church and doesn't want to hear anything about God. And so she's meeting all these interesting people in this, you know, tattoo world and the porn industry and the stripping industry. And so she's trying to figure out how she could love Jesus in the midst of all this and where he is in the midst of all this. So the show is actually, you know, it's creative, but at the same time, there's a huge message about how God loves everybody, no matter what their situation is. So to, to kind of, you know, and that's, I think, where the, where my, um, not dilemma, but where I am at, like, how do I weave the message in to three to five minutes, as opposed to if you have an hour, it's so much easier to tell a yes. story an hour, as opposed to like three minutes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's kind of where I'm, it's not a, a struggle, but that's just where I'm at right now, but it's exciting. It's totally exciting. I cannot wait. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. It's, like incorporating and you know it's the creativity and the business. So it's incorporating a production company and you know hiring yeah. people to help you and it's 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 starting a new chapter, which yeah. is exciting. 
I do know what my one of my best friends or my the main best friend that I've got, he's actually a script writer and a movie director. But again, he's he's expensive. He's like he's like, you know what, I've done several movies and whatnot. But if you want, I can link you guys up together. That's fine. I mean, quite honestly, I that's great. That's great. I'm not. I just kind of like we uh, now when it comes to stuff like that. What Jonathan was saying earlier about walking aimlessly. I really am kind of walking aimlessly in that. I'm not like, oh, I have to meet this person. I have to be with this person. I have to be with this person. No, when it, when it comes, like, yeah, when it comes to people, I'm very like, Lord, just connect me to the right people. I'm really having faith in God to connect me with the right crew, the right cast, the right assistants. Um, even HBO, if HBO is not right, then you know Netflix. You know, I, I'm I'm saying HBO. I believe it's HBO. But even if you know, as I'm praying and the Lord's like, no, HBO. I want it on Netflix or I want it on Hulu or Amazon Prime. I want it to be, you know, on demand or whatever. I'm I'm flexible with that too. So um, I just think all that's going to come. I really do. I think as I as and this is with anything. I think as we walk towards our goals, everything, every human being, every resource, it all just kind of like we're magnets. Like it yeah. it all. It just attracts to you. So yes. great. If I, if I meet them and we work well together, awesome. If I don't, awesome. No, that's that's fine. So yeah. how are you, what strategies are you going to use to attract um, viewers on YouTube? Viewers on YouTube. Well, first I kind of want to make the, <laughs> I need to write the, write the script and then, yes. um, you know, cast it and, and crew up. And there's so many things involved. And, and making even a short, you know, there's so many different elements involved in it. Um, marketing on YouTube, um, the first thing that came to my mind was keywords <laughs> because I, <laughs> I, I haven't even started thinking about marketing on YouTube yet. I'm still focusing on the actual story because really, if the story is good, it will eventually find its audience, right? So I don't want to like focus on marketing. And, and I know this might sound like a, to me, this sounds like a sand idea right now because the, the story hasn't been written. I think the, the big rock for me now is making the three to five minutes so compelling and so stimulating and so exciting that people want to view the second and third and fourth installment, you know? And so the big rock for me is, is writing the story. And then once I, the story is written, then I can focus on how to market it on YouTube. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. From a, mm -hmm. let me just be a bearer of bad news, right? Just because, you know, sometimes we not we like to have the thing, and just coming from an author's perspective, right? And not even mm -hmm. just an author's, you know, just sort of life in general um, perspective. And again, obviously, this is just a perspective, and I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that it is the best way or the right way or the only way. I'm just putting it out there, right? Because you know, we're we're friends and we're having a discussion, right? Um, as an author, you would see that that's why a lot of times, sometimes, I don't know what percentage of times, you will see that people, even before a book is ready, they put you know, the book, you know, yeah, they have a plan and they say, right, okay, because as much as we would like to think that all our things, all our contents, you know, is absolutely fantastic, there are a gazillion people who are doing the same thing that we are. And if we're only doing something to just put the content out there and we find satisfaction with it, that's absolutely perfect, right? Mm -hmm. If we want more people to see it, then we need to give more people a reason to want to do that, right? And so, for instance, any author will tell you, right, that writing a book, creating content, writing a blog, doing anything that you create, that is the 
easy bit. I think I read somewhere or I heard somewhere, and I always read loads of you know useful ideas somewhere, right? And I think I read. Let's just say I read, right? Because I can't remember where I heard this or read this. But I think I read that if you have a blog and nobody reads it, it's just an online diary. Then what differentiates a blog from an online diary is that your blog, you actually have people who are reading it. And even if you get, you know, I've got my sister, I've got my friends, you know, and just by virtue of the fact that we are friends, we are family, that is not reason enough for them to be, you know, invested in my blog, you know, to want to read it. So it's other people, you know, who I give them a reason to want to come to my blog to listen to or to read what I have to say, or, you know, my podcast, for instance, you know, by virtue of the fact that, you know, I've got family, I've got friends, that's not a reason. If it's not, you know, my sister and I, we have different tastes in music, in food, in stuff. So just because I'm doing something that I like doesn't necessarily mean that she will like it to want to invest the time, you know, to do it. So, you know, you've got to then give people a reason to do it, but then you've got to then also be able to be heard amongst the noise, because, you know, content creation is a very noisy place. If you go on Amazon, there are loads of videos, there are loads of movies, there are loads of, you know, books. So how do you then make your content be heard, you know, out, you know, over and above the content that's there already, right? And so that's why what if you speak to anyone who's, you know, already established, they will say to you, just as you're having the plan, that you want to do this, then this is the time to start getting people to start knowing about it. Because if you wait till you've then got your content ready and then you're starting, then you're starting from zero. Whereas as you have a plan that you're creating the content, and even if it's only 1% of your time that you invest in letting people know about it, for instance, then by the time you finish and you create your content, you will see that you're not, you're not starting at zero in marketing. So maybe for instance, let's say you have a blog, you have an email list, you're, you've got Twitter, whatever it is, you know, you might say, oh, guess what? I'm actually considering doing this, right? And people read Twitter. It's like, oh, I'm actually just working on doing this. And people are actually not, oh, okay, this person is doing something. So you might have, you know, one or two people who might actually be paying attention to, oh, actually, this person is, you know, is doing this. Alicia is doing this. AR is doing this. And by the time it's now completed, you might find that they're actually quite vested because they've been following your process from when you conceived the idea to when you get to, you know, the completion stage. They're like, oh, wow, okay, actually, I'm actually quite interested. Whereas if you started at the end, people then don't know you've not built up any hype. And neither way is wrong. It's just, you know, sort of you weighing both options and saying, do I want to not say anything till I'm actually at completion and then start telling people about it? Or do I want to start telling people about it and potentially um, creating hype as I go along so that by the time the product is completed, then this is what's good. I mean, for me, I know that I personally do like hype. So, you know, for instance, the other day, um, I was I was on YouTube and then I saw an ad for Resident Evil. There's a new one coming out. And you don't even know how excited I am because I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. But imagine if they didn't make any information, they didn't do anything about it. And then next thing we just know, it's like, oh, it's out now. And then you go and get it. Like on day zero, you're not going to get any sales because people didn't know about it. That's just that's just where I was sort of trying to sure. trying to go. Whereas if you start doing it, or sometimes you know you find I see a trailer for a movie 
and it's like, oh, coming out next year. And I'm like, seriously, you've got to make me wait for one year? Like, seriously? Right. But then every time I see the trailers, I'm like, okay, well, next year isn't too far away. I'll wait. I'll wait. Next year isn't too far away. That, that sort of thing. Right. So paid advertising is definitely a part of the plan and, and doing more radio like this and, you know, podcasting and stuff is definitely a part of the plan. I probably will hire a publicist at some point. I'm just not there. I'm just, it's not, I don't think it's feasible right now. Um, but yeah, I just, I really feel like, um, yes, that you're absolutely right. That everyone will tell you marketing is you spend three times more money marketing than you do actually on whatever you're creating. But at the same time, they'll tell you if you have no story, no one's going to watch it. <laughs> so your story has to be good, and that's that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm at. I really, it's so hard. Can I hard. disagree I with you there? Can I disagree with you there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can. I was going to say okay. it's so hard to make three to five minutes. Yeah. Minutes. It's it's like, yeah, three to five minutes is hard, it's, especially when and it's, uh, it might be hard for me because I'm a writer and I yes. know. The whole story so so to try to compact it in three to five minutes it's a that's a skill within itself and so that's kind of exactly. where I'm at right now is making it to yeah. like webisodes yes no that's that's fine and you will do it you know sometimes it might be hard and we all you know have challenges but I see that you know once you are vested in it and you are determined you will do it right but it's not even about what you um, perceived to be the quality right because take 50 shades of gray for instance right mm -hmm. and i haven't read it and i started watching the movie and i wasn't really interested in it but people have said to me people who have read it people who have watched it they've said to me that the review says the book was an absolutely horrible book it had loads of errors it had this and it had that wrong with it but irrespective of how bad the book was we know how it did yeah, the trilogy is still like 95 million copies. Yeah. You see where I'm going? So you as the, yeah. the content creator, it's not about you to determine whether it is good or bad because there are people out there who will tell you that they like rubbish and they will admit it. Yes, it wasn't good, but I enjoyed it. There are people out there who will tell you they like cheesy stuff. Yes, it's cheesy, but I enjoyed it, right? And if you go to a bookseller, for instance, right, they stock books, right? Not because the owners or the re or the, the sales attendants like all the books. They're doing it. They're putting the books there, not for their use, but for other people's use. And as the owners, there is no way the owners would know what a potential reader would like or not like. So it's not up to them to determine what would sell or not sell. So when something's available, they will just make it available to say, well, here it is. You can purchase it. If it doesn't do well, they will chop that stock out and just not get more of it. Right. So as the content creator, it's not up to you to determine whether or not, because sometimes, so I think I read somewhere again that sometimes the reason why brick and mortar stores are not going to go out of fashion is because the sales attendant's job is to tell people that they need a book they didn't know that they needed, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. Hmm. So the same thing goes that, you know, you might put your book out and you might think that, you know, because for me, a lot of people will tell you that you need to determine your audience. You need to do this. You need to, you know, have an avatar for your audience. See, for me, I am 1000% not a big advocate of that, right? So I will use books, for instance, right? Because I had recently, I was at a virtual summit where I, you know, and I did a presentation. I gave this. There are three types of book buyers, in my opinion, right? There are book readers who are book buyers. 
there are book readers who are not book buyers and there are book buyers that are not book readers right now if you only target one you're missing out on the other two so if you're only targeting book buyers that are book readers then you're going to miss out on the book readers who are not book buyers and you're going to miss out on the book buyers who are not book readers right so the same thing goes if you're then saying well you're going to do your strategy and you're only going to focus on i again i've not done you know a webinar series before so i can't see what the you know but you would potentially because again see for me sometimes people say oh yeah but you can't if you're writing a parenting book you can't really target a community of plumbers for instance well why not plumbers have children plumbers have you know they they know people who've got children they've got nieces and nephews or you know their colleagues have children like so why not so they might want to buy birthday presents or they might you know <coughs> why not so that's mm -hmm. just my perspective you know on you know how i look at things um so i, I try not to uh, and i've got you know for my books as well i've had people who they take uh, the connection that i have with them they connect they take a chance on my book because of me right. rather than the book itself right right so sometimes you might when you start building your platform and your connections you might find that people would take a chance on your webinar on your book because of you and then when they take that chance though it has to be good that's my point when they do push, <laughs> when they do push play <laughs> it has to be good enough for them <coughs> to keep to keep watching of course yeah. of course you've got to still make it the best you can but again that's a subjective thing though because it's kind of like someone said to me that if <coughs> people wanted perfect grammar then english you know professors should be millionaires by now <laughs> you get because they've got perfect grammar you know english professors literature professors you know they've got perfect grammar they've got perfect literature so they could have written you know fiction and it would be so perfect and they should be millionaires by now if that was what people wanted so your idea of good your idea of perfection might not necessarily be the same not as not not perfection it, it just needs to be good you don't have, i don't believe in perfection it just needs to be it, it just needs well, to be good. i there's, there's certain there's certain um even like because I love Netflix, okay? Like I'm a Netflix junkie, and so Netflix. <laughs> so Netflix has a lot of original content, and yeah. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not trying to put anybody out, but I mean, it's on Netflix, so there's, there's, you know, there's still. I, I guess I'm making money from it. I don't know, but there are certain shows where I've stopped watching within like the first seven to eight minutes because I'm like, either the dialogue wasn't good, or I just wasn't feeling the acting, or you know what I'm saying? I just, I didn't connect to it. I didn't like it, so I stopped watching it. And I thought that's going to happen either way, whether it's it could be Steven Spielberg, people are going to stop watching it, or it could be independent, people are going to stop watching it. But I think still, as, as an artist, you still want your best work out, and I don't believe in perfection at all. But the story, the story needs to be good. And I think when you're trying to combine seven books into a TV show and you're trying to adapt it, um, I, there should be some type of um, set or strategy or course or sense that makes because what i do in season one has to carry over to season two has to carry over to season three has to carry you know what i mean so it's yeah. and this is what i didn't do when i started writing because i didn't know i never wanted to be a writer so Can when i, I start writing something here <laughs> go ahead yeah go on sorry i'm kind of quiet so i uh i have to ask permission so um you know i think we could safely say you know, from what you guys have, have gone back and forth on that, 
that to the degree that the content of the, whether it be the film, the short, or the book, or a book, to the degree that the content is good, that it is compelling, that it is meaningful, is the degree to which you can avoid the need for hype. Hype is definitely useful. I mean, it's great to have somebody talk about your book, or rather, it's great to, um, and I don't, actually, that may not be correct. The, the need for hype may be, be off, but the, the need for, um, for pushing your own product. And um, what you really want, what we really want as authors, is we want somebody to watch our content, read our content, and go, oh my gosh. Oh, word of mouth. That was incredible. And go tell somebody else. Yes, so, that's the best advertising. To the degree that, that you, your content is good content, that it is meaningful, that it, it reaches the, the, the person and it touches them in some way, what that does, that does a ton of work for you that you don't have to do for yourself, that you don't have to go be on radio programs or go do this or that because everybody's talking about it. So yes. it's, it's kind of the two go hand in hand. Yes, we have to go out and do that work and, and get the word out, but what we really want is for someone else to do that for us. That's how the shack blew up. I don't know if you guys have heard of the shack by William P. Young, but that was huh. self-published first, and it was literally word of mouth. He sold a million copies word of mouth, and that's how Hachette, you know, a traditional publisher in New York, came in, and that's that's when it blew up even more. But it was word of mouth, him selling a million copies by word of mouth, that that got him the book deal that eventually he ended up selling. I think it was nine million copies at the end of it. But you're right. I mean, I think you're both right. Hype is important, but I think word of mouth is even more important because they trust people. I think they say that's the best marketing when your best friend or your mom or someone you know says, "Oh my God, that is like the best thing ever." You're gonna watch it just because they told you it was good. And so, but at the same time, you know, advertising and commercials that's important too. So, I mean, there's that's what I'm saying. There's so much to do. <laughs> well, you know, with that said. What I want everybody to do is to go out and talk about my book. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, I listened to the Seggy Lola Salami show, and it was great. There was this great guy, and you know, and then I got his book, and it was so good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that's perfect, actually. So please, go and yes. get it. The in no, what was your book again? Uh, oh. The Investment Perspective. <clears throat> yes, by Jonathan McCormick. And it's the name is J.A. McCormick. So if you oh, type it Amazon, that's what you should put. So. Right, J.A. McCormick, The Investment Perspective. Go and get a copy and then leave a review and then you say, you heard about it on the Shaggy Lala Salami Show. How's that, folks? <laughs> well, leave, leave a review if you liked it. Okay, leave a review uh, if you liked it. Just leave a review. That's all I can <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much, guys. The little human, she's she's napped off again. And I, you know what, you guys, all that talk of food at the beginning is making me a bit peckish now. So seriously, I don't know what it is, but recently I like keeping people out of this cafe. It is so much fun. I feel like Sir Alan Sugar. You're fired. Please get out. That just feels so much fun. <laughs> so I'm going to kick you guys out now. You guys been here for a while.
Thanks for having us. It's been my pleasure. You're fired. Get up. Sorry, I couldn't help that. No soup for you. One year. Sorry? No soup for you. No soup. I don't like that's soup. A, that's a quote from an old. Oh, I think it was from Steinfeld or something. Anyway, oh. thank you. Thanks again. Oh, Alicia's gone. Oh, dear, maybe. Yeah, she dropped off. Okay. Oh, well. Well, never mind. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Yeah, thanks again. Hello. Oh, she's, she's back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> like, you, you dropped off. I was like, you didn't even say bye. I know I was kicking you guys out, but still, you could have said bye. <laughs> I know, no. Like, my internet connection, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. So now I can kick you out again. That's just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks again thank you bye now oh okay actually you know i'll be good i'll be good i'll be good if people want to connect with you how do they get in touch oh oh okay um well for me it's easy lovegottentattoos.com and there's a connect there's a contact um page on there but that's all my facebook twitter is all that there okay so lovegottentattoos.com uh-huh yeah okay no that's fine and Jonathan? Okay. My, my website is jamccormick.net. It's .net and not .com. Um, there is a place to sign up for my uh, email list there, and um, that's the easiest way to know when it is that I finally finished my next book. Um, and, uh, I you know, I finally signed up for Twitter. I hate Facebook, and so I, I signed up for Twitter because... hate Facebook? Uh, I do. I can't stand it. I, you, you pull it up and all these people put all this stuff on there and then it drags you in and, and sucks out your brain and you know, <laughs> <dagger> away. <laughs> so I signed up for Twitter um, and my, my intention is to, not to look at anything. I am not following anybody, but people can follow me <laughs> so that I don't get dragged in for hours and and look at stuff, but anyways, Twitter is uh, actually informative. You can actually follow people that, and I say that matter. Everybody matters, but you can follow news sources. You know, Twitter's Twitter's cool. I like Twitter. And actually, from what I've seen, I kind of like Twitter the format a lot better. And right. so maybe I will follow some people. But point being is that you know, there's not a lot on my Twitter yet. But but I've signed up for Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter, and and um, that's a way through that and through my email list. I'm gonna try to keep contact with everybody and let you know if I'm going to be speaking or um, when my, my next book comes out, etc. So. so what's your handle on Twitter? That's very important. If without it, people wouldn't know how to follow you. Oh, see, I, I, I am, I don't know. That is terrible because <laughs> I just signed up. I decided when I became an author, I thought I am not going to do social media. I am just going to have an email list. And then I went on a few radio shows and like, you have to at least have a Twitter. And so I signed up for Twitter. Um, so what was the app you, you what you trying to McCormick? If you type in J. A. McCormick, what's that? Okay, no, that's fine. So how do you spell your McCormick, right? Oh, so it's kind of like the spices. It's M C capital C O R M as in Mary I C K McCormick. Okay, so it's just J. So that's the same for your website then. J A M C C O R M I C K. Yes. Dot net. Net not com. Yep. Mm -hmm. Why would you do for .net? <laughs> was it taken? Yes. Um, you know, there was a guy in like Connecticut who had .com, and he had bought it for a blog for his daughter, 
and he hadn't done anything with it. I offered him some money to buy it from him, and he didn't sound interested. And I still, I wanted it just to be J.A. McCormick. And I, so I've kind of thought, I have his email. I'm going to keep in contact with him. And I, maybe I'll offer him more money in time to get it. But um, that was the, the name that I wanted. So. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And he's not doing anything with it. So I figure if anybody, you know, Googles J.A. McCormick, um, you know, for now at least, they should get to my website. So. Ah, right. Okay. Just a random thing. I know I've been trying to kick you guys out, right? But then you've just said something which just makes me it's just. <laughs> no, I don't. You have a blog. What's I had that? a blog. I, I had a blog. I had a podcast. I had a YouTube channel. All that. Um, all past it, tense. All past tense. Yeah. So you do not have all one. No. You do not have no, one. No, because, no. No, right. because of the writing. Okay. Writing. Yeah. So. Jonathan, yeah. what about you? For me, you know, I do not blog, and I do it kind of intentionally. Um, for me, writing is a really serious thing. It's like if I sit down to write something, it's, you know, even though my book is very short, um, I put a lot, lot into it. I kind of, and I condense down. And so um, for me, blogging I struggle with because, it, you know, it's you expect it to put out content, you know, every so often, and, and I just take so seriously whatever I write. Um that I would spend hours and hours and hours on my blog and never write any more books. Um, and so I don't, I don't blog on purpose. Um, and you asked, oh, about a YouTube channel. I do intend, um, I, I've started it, I, well, actually I'm, I've intended to start, I will be having a YouTube channel. Um, and you, I'm considering actually putting, it, putting the entire book up on YouTube. Um, there will at least be a portion of it. Um, just with me reading it and I have po I write poetry also and so I I'm going to be putting my poetry up on on YouTube um, And you know the main thing I would say at this point, you know, it's like I'm new enough at this um, If if you've liked anything I said today the people listening just um, Go and sign up for my email list mm -hmm. or follow me on Twitter And I will let you know when when the YouTube channel comes around and, and as other things come around so Okay, so you're getting a YouTube channel coming up. Okay, that's good. So you can then merge your YouTube channel, put your blog, and then get it out there. Perfect. Okay, right. So, Mr. Hat, are we going to have? Are we going to change that from hat to have? I sound like a school teacher now. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> are we going to have a blog or are we going to have a YouTube? I know, you, I know you've got your webinar that you're planning, but in the meantime, are you not going to do anything like that? Are you, are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, my internet's going crazy. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I was podcasting every week and I was YouTubing every week. And so uh, right now starting the, the TV show, it's, it's becoming, cause I, I am finishing the last book in the series so with writing the last book in the series and writing the TV show. I just, I don't have the time to, to blog or YouTube or um, podcast, but maybe once it's kind of up and running, I might do something on YouTube. Um, video for sure. Actually, Thank I know I'm something on YouTube for sure. Um, that handle is Love Got Tattoos. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Love Got Tattoos. Um, so probably latter latter this year, maybe in the fall or winter, I'll have some some time to to start videoing again. And it's going to be more um, because I was going back and forth. I mean, this is a this is a ministry, so I was going back and forth to like like kind of teaching. Or doing like the the five three to five minute 
um, three to five minute shows for this, the TV show. So I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth. Do I have two YouTube channels? You know, because one with me teaching and then one with with the show and all that. I'm not quite sure I was going to figure it out. But as of right now, it's Love God and Tattoos. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you very mm -hmm. much. And now we're going to go through the whole kicking out again. <laughs> okay. Thanks for lunch. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Oh, yeah, sorry, you didn't get your drinks now, did you? Lee Human's still asleep, sorry. But it's okay, it's okay, because when I come to London, I'm going to email you, we're going to go out, we're going to really get drinks. I'm serious. Okay, <laughs> and I'm going to have to Google um, sweet potato pancakes now, because I've not heard of that one before. Yes. <laughs> okay, right, so it's been a pleasure, and hopefully we'll see you guys again soon. Okay, yes, thank have you. Okay, all right, bye now. Bye-bye. Thank mm -hmm. you.